Welcome to the Fair Catch. I'm Macy Barshek. And I'm the Chief, Keith Brubaugh. <laughs> um, today we'll be talking about some post-draft, you know, what the world is looking like. And we'll also be talking about what colleges says they're going to start in the fall, if they're going to play football in the fall, and whether or not we'll be killing ourselves in the fall. Keith, yes. Thoughts? <laughs> uh, well, I'll start with the NFL draft, and I'll do one talking point. What? What are the Green Bay Packers doing? So, so that's funny you mentioned that because I pulled up like the Sporting News like ranked best to worst draft classes, and the Packers are dead last on everything I have seen. Like, but seriously, what are they doing? <laughs> So I feel like like Marvin and Garvin, Mark Marvin and Garvin, <laughs> Martin and Garvin were the best picks in relation to what they needed, but they didn't consider offensive tackle. They didn't add a wide receiver to support Rodgers. Even a defensive lineman would have been nice. Like I, I, I don't know what to say. It's just no. It's just mind-boggling. They. Aaron Rodgers is not his past self. He's not the same he was in 2010 when he when he won league MVP. But he's still a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. He's still an adequate option. Add that into the fact that Aaron Jones scored, I think, 21 scrimmage touchdowns last year. And those are the positions that they go to first and second. They, they literally have a core right now that, that's capable. They, they went to the NFC Championship this past year. They have a core that is capable of going to the Super Bowl. And they draft you know two positions they, they don't need. <laughs> they they draft Jordan Love and a running back. And then, Look, and, I just, and then I they just know. don't they don't address the team needs that they had, which was offensive tackle. They didn't take an offensive tackle until one ninety two. Guys that are picked one ninety two in the one ninety two area, half of them are she- are selling shoes by August. <laughs> They're, like, what are you? What are they doing? And you, and the sad part is, you look at everybody else in that division, and everybody else hit their draft. The the, the Lions nailed their draft. Jeff Akuda, they got DeAndre Swift. They hit team needs. Cornerback was a huge team need for the Lions. Running mm-hmm. back was a t- with Carryon Johnson always being injured. Running back was a huge team need. They needed they needed a good pass rush after having a near invisible one. They get uh they get Okawara. On defensive end, the, the Vi- everybody else in that division hits their draft. And the Vikings, they, they, they had an ungodly amount of picks. Uh, and yeah, they Vikings were, oh yeah, Vi- Vikings were number one in everything I saw just because. They just had so many picks. I'm trying to count it up. We're 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 16. 11, 12, 16. 13, 16. Yep. That's crazy. Um, yeah, you, you, you got to do some damage with that. Um, flat out, flat out. But what? what just the Packers had a chance to, to to draft for the now, or even they had a chance to draft for the now, or trade their pick to get a player that could help them win now, because the window's closing in Green Bay, and they draft two players for the future. They didn't get better now, and Rodgers isn't going to be. I don't think Rodgers is going to be in a in a Packers uniform in three years. Oh, no, I think, I was, like, I was reading this and was like, oh, crap, he's still there? Like, I'm just like, who? Like, they could have, 
made this team relevant again, and yet they have failed to do so. So I mean, you look the one. The last thing I'll point out is you got Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers in the NFL, on the outside, and then who's their number two receiver? I couldn't name them right now. <laughs> I I don't know. That they go there, maybe they go to linebacker. Linebacker hasn't been a, a uh, you know hasn't been a. Uh, they didn't even draft a linebacker. They did not. No. So, I don't know. Yeah. All right. What's, what's next? Like, uh, what's next on your mind? Draft re- reaction. Um. What point are you making? I don't think the Raiders did too well either. Hear me out. They're just kind of obsessed with trying to get this like ideal off offense to like match Kansas City. Uh, I'm again. I was just like, oh. Okay, like I think they were just way too obsessed with trying to get this explosive offense, and I just don't. I think it could have been picked a little bit better. Um, like Rugs and Edwards were fine picks, but everything else was kind of bad. But Rugs, Rugs before Judy, Rugs was the first receiver off the Ruggs board. Rugs was before Judy, yeah. Right, he was the first receiver off the board. Uh, that that was that shocked me a little bit. I didn't think, if anything. I didn't think that uh, – that I, I thought Jerry Judy was going first. Henry Ruggs yeah. had that speed, but Judy seemed like more of a complete receiver. The one team I will say that nailed their draft was Dallas. I mean, it, hats – I'm not a – I don't like Dallas, but I got to say hats See, off to them. I they love, snagged CD. I love Dallas so much, and I can't – I honestly can't tell you why. I just do. Like, I just think, honestly, they kind of, like, the past, like, two seasons, they just became this giant joke. And I was like, you know what? I think they need some love. But I think they had a great uh, great draft. Um, you know, CeeDee Lamb was great. Uh, Diggs and Robinson are good from, you know, losing Jones and free agency. Um, right. So I think I think they had some steals in there, not going to lie. Um, they get Trevon Diggs. That's a big pick. CeeDee mm-hmm. Lamb fell all the way to 17. Oh, I poor, mean, poor CD, but you I know mean, what? He's good. I mean, I mean, they 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 nailed their draft. I mean, there's there's not much else they could have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they just I don't I don't know. They, it just seemed like they had all the right. They had all the their cards in line. So other teams maybe not. Uh, I want to want to talk about next point. I want to talk about um, actually the one thing I'll add on to your Raiders point. It seems like every year they have. The a, a, whether an offensive or defensive rookie of the year, every year. Last year was Josh Jacobs. The year before, uh, I know they had Khalil Mack win. It feels like they have an offensive. I, I know there's two other guys in the past five years that have won the award for that, but it feels like every year they have their uh, every year their. Um, it just seems every year the Raiders just have they they uh, they. They build their rookie class really well. Just seems every big name they get in the draft. You look back, Khalil Mack, Josh Jacobs. They're always. I feel like their rookies are always off to a hot start. That's one thing they do well in Oakland. I guess it's not in Las Vegas, but um, no, that's that's something they do very well. The one thing I want to talk about. I got to talk about the hometown Steelers. Um, mm. You know. Here, here's the thing. 
I, I I like Chase Claypool. Seems like a very seems like a very strong, very tall, very athletic guy. Where did he go? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Um, but the one the one thing that the one thing that I, I'm not I, I just don't the one thing I question is they I feel like they pass on a running back and James Conner's always injured and um. Uh, Jalen Samuels, I don't know if he's a long-term answer. He's more of a receiving back. And Benny Snell, he showed some spark. They end up taking Anthony McFarland, but I, I, I think Jonathan Taylor was off the board. I'd like to think um, – uh, I'd have to – I'm going to look at the draft board right now, but I, I feel like they missed a running back. I think it might have been um, – No, they – they. I think it might have been Dobson. Well, they chose Anthony McFarland. But right. I just don't think they – prioritized anything you know right they didn't prioritize any defensive tackle right Mm -hmm. and yeah like they they just didn't prioritize their defensive tackle or their running back and defensive tackle is a huge need because javon hargrave to philly making him the highest paid nose guard defensive tackle in the in the nfl that's a huge loss i mean he's he was a very significant part of the defense the past three years stopping the run I just would have liked if they would have went with direction. Um, well, like, I would have liked if they – I think Baltimore ended up taking uh, Dobson, right? Um, let me see. Baltimore did, did very well. Uh, I thought Baltimore did good, yes. Who did they take? I don't know. But right now I'm reading this off of sportingnews.com. And they said McFarlane is more of a pace changer instead of a back able to carry a full load to replace James Conner. And I think they're exactly right on that one. I'd have to say that's definitely that's very accurate because I mean McFarlane's not gonna be a guy that you're gonna see get thirty carries in the twenty five carries in a game in the NFL. It's just simply not gonna happen. It's just not. And I you know that yeah he's a change of pace back he's a he's a rece- he could be a receiving back maybe a uh you know fast seems like a fast running back I mean I haven't watched a ton of them but he seems fast he's not going to be a guy you give to between the tackles with one yard to go so I mean I utilize his speed I'm Pittsburgh James he's not going to replace James Conner no. but I mean I would go running back by committee if I'm Pittsburgh but still. Uh, one last thing I want to talk about with the draft. Are you surprised at all where Jalen Hurts landed at 53 with the Philadelphia Eagles? Um, not really. I'm just kind of like, eh, because, like, the Eagles didn't do so hot with their pick either. Um. I honestly was kind of surprised. We're, we're wait, only, wait, like, three. I, I think I said Jalen like Hurts and a half. was going to go, like, 45th. I think that's what I put. Like, I think we both had somewhere in the 40s, like, when we did our – 46, that's the thing I said. Our yeah. mock draft. Uh-huh. I think I said 46. I, You know, we're only – it just feels like a long ago, but we're only, like, two and a half, three years – two and a half, three years ago right now, Carson Wentz is the best player in football. Yeah, it just – I think – I think – him as a player, great, Jalen Hurts. But it made no sense for them to put him behind, you know, Carson Wentz. Like, I don't know. I think their three best picks were were um, 
Jack Driscoll, John Hightower. That's really all I have to say. But, like, you know, I think it was kind of, like, not needed. I'm happy he went with the Eagles. You know, good for Jalen, good for you. But I think it's just a little bit disappointing knowing that he's going to be behind Carson Wentz for a while. Like Right. And also, Carson Wentz is pretty injury-prone, so I wouldn't be shocked if Jalen Hurts gets reps this year. It shouldn't be a surprise to anybody if he does. Mm-hmm. So, um, moving on. No, well, or, unless you got a point. Unless you got one. What I want to make is I'm just – let's think about this here. So, we all know Tampa Bay snatched Gronk and Tom Brady, okay? Right. But think about it. If you think about their draft picks on paper, pretty well-routed, pretty good. So I right. think the combination, like, I think Tampa Bay honestly could win the NFC. I know that sounds crazy because Tampa Bay, like, kind of sucks. I, you know, I'm going to actually, uh, I'm going to double up on that. I think Tampa Bay's not even going to win their division. I don't even think they're going to take top. Actually, you know, I... Let's see. Just put it all together. I, they'll take. I don't think they'll. They're gonna beat out New Orleans. New Orleans still has a great defense. They got the best receiver in football. They have a capable. Drew, Drew Brees isn't who he was, but he's capable. Alvin Kamara is more than capable. I. I just don't see many teams going into New Orleans. They're fed up again, for the second year in a row. I don't think they're even gonna win their division. Just no, but it just seems like put it together, okay? So we got okay. So they got a right tackle, right? A, a great safety. Uh huh. I think their running back that they chose is a little bit more like put together. Right. They needed an outside wideout and defensive tackle. They got all of it. I'm just saying, like, so well rounded with the combination of Tom and Gronk. Right. This year, I I see what you're saying about this year, but I'm saying right. in the future, uh, well, Tom Brady will be dead. But, like... <laughs> Tom Brady won't be in the NFL in three years. No, agreed. But I'm just saying, like, I think Tampa Bay is just going to have a good year in terms of what they just... Everything that they've pulled this year. Like, the crap that they pulled to get this roster, I'm just like, that's kind of impressive. Like... Right. No, this year, I, I no, see what in you're the saying. Future, maybe. Um, no, I see what you're saying. Um, but you also got to remember that Tampa Bay has a quarterback that might not be top 15 in the NFL anymore. His yards per completion last year might throw Mike Evans down in in his production. I mean, Mike Evans, deep ball receiver in Tampa. And now Tom Brady throws the ball maybe 5, 10 yards down the field. You're looking more at Chris Godwin, Gronk. So that's, that's tough. And plus, they, the Patriots traded... I, I don't know what the exact trade was, but it was like a fifth round. They got a fifth round pick for a WWE champion. I mean, <laughs> you got to look at that, too. That's the, true. Gronkowski hasn't played in a year. Two, or, yeah, year now, year and a half. So, I don't know. Maybe not this year. Maybe next year. But uh, I don't think Tom Brady is going to be an essential part of bringing a ton of success to Tampa. I, I just don't. No, I think they have a lot of. Outside I don't want to say I don't want to say Jameis Winston was the future of that team because his ball his decision making with the ball obviously is spotty, but <laughs> you gotta 
you gotta. I don't, I just don't think picking up Tom Brady was the answer for them. I, you know, he's. I I don't think he's top fifteen in the league anymore. Okay, so. but you know, I think I'm gonna you know talk about this from a marketing perspective. Oh, this Are is huge for Tampa. This is huge for Tampa. They gotta be. Well, they're gonna sell Tom Brady jerseys. Here's the thing: when this is gonna be the equivalent of when Joe Montana went to the Chiefs, or when yes. Michael Jordan went to the Wizards, or it's just that rare occurrence of a, and it's not just like, not just like a really good player. It's like literally, it's the star of the sport. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan was the face of the of basketball, face of the United States. Went to the Wizards after like fifteen, I think thirteen years with the Heat. Or not the Heat, the Bulls. And then you look at Joe Montana, all those best player in football for many years. Now with the Chiefs, Jerry Rice, best player in football with the Niners also for many years. Now with the Raiders, and then eventually the Seahawks. So it's that rare occurrence. You see guys in uniforms, and it's just a rare occurrence. And uh, that's what's good. And honestly, a lot of people are going to be buying a Tom Brady Buccaneers jersey. Yeah. Because it's a rare occurrence. You don't see the, the the face of the league, the face of sports, at a, at the way Tom Brady has been for the past fifteen years. You don't just you don't see him leave his team like that. You don't see many mm-hmm. cases like I, the first two to come to mind are Montana and Michael Jordan, or Wayne Gretzky, uh, going from Edmonton to to the L.A. Kings. That's three. That's that's three I can name. And yeah. those guys were the stars of their – the best of their sport when they well, moved. Whether or, not, whether or not Tampa Bay has – you know, plays well this year, I think all eyes are going to be on them. For sure. Which I, I think, honestly, you know, good for them. I thought it was a good move. So I'm interested to see them, you know, uh, this upcoming year. I think they got an interesting thing going on there. So – they, I, I mean, if, if they – if fans are allowed in the stands, we're going to talk about that next, obviously – but you gotta be—they gotta be selling out every game because one, they got—they, I, I believe, I, I'd like to try to go to every NFL stadium. They got one of the, I, in my opinion, probably the nicest stadium in, in football. They got a pirate, yeah. the pirate ship, the pirate ship. There's a bunch of different like tropical attractions throughout the. I heard the food down there is incredible. The food in, in most stadiums are incredible. <laughs> Anytime there's food, Keith is like, the I'm food, there. <laughs> well, the food, it, the, the food goes into the atmosphere. Food goes into the environment. I would go to Tampa for a game. I think I'm going to the Super Bowl the next time the Steelers are in it. Hopefully they're in it before uh, the day I die. Uh, okay, so. So, so this is just a general question. Sure. Because I, I have an answer to this. You could book a flight anywhere in America. You get, you know, some great seats at a game. What, what is the game you're going to? Like, where are you headed to first? Oh, man. It could be football, any sport. I think it'd still be football, but. Football, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I can sit anywhere. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I would take. Man, uh, I, would, I would head to. Shit. What you answer first, I'll have an answer for you when okay. you're ready. So, All right. in terms of like atmosphere, I think I'd go watch the Falcons play. Okay, they have a great stadium. Or, again, if I wanted like there's like the traditional, like you know NFL experience, I'd either watch the Cowboys or the Saints. 
college football, I'd go, I'd book my ass on a flight to Florida, and I'd go to the Florida Gators game, right? So I could just do the chomp for three hours. <laughs> just chomping. I think if it was collegiate, um, I think like you know, everyone has always said Penn State wideout is like you can't. Penn State wideout or or chomping at the uh, Florida Gators game. That I I don't know either one. I'll flip a coin. But you said get on a plane. You said get on a plane. I would just drive to Penn State. No, but I'm just saying, like you could go literally. Oh, anywhere. Like yeah. I thought you meant like you can't just go up to Pitt because usually I'd say Pitt, but then I'd be like the only guy in the stadium. So <laughs> why would you want to go to a pit, a pit football game? I mean, um, I, 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 no, I've been to one pit football game, and that was the 2017 upset over my the number two Miami, bouncing them out of the playoffs. Okay, see, then that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Kenny Pickett's first game, and then his career took kind of a downturn. But hopefully he bounces back next year. Anyways, but I, I'd say collegiate, I, I'm going to Florida to do the, to do the chomp. But NFL, <laughs> I'd have to say um, – you know, I, I love I, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get nailed for this, but I love the history of football and I also love the cold weather. Mix them together and well you'd think the Steelers, they have a great history, always cold, but I've probably been to twenty Steeler games. Maybe actually maybe more, maybe twenty five. I Green Bay Packers. I'd go to a Packers game in a heartbeat. I'd yeah. go I no, I no, I, I like the cold weather. I'd go in I'd go in January when it's negative twenty degrees. And it's completely freezing, and the stadium—they have a great, great stadium. Um, a, a lot of history there. Them being one of the storied franchises. When, when you're there, I'd, I'd go. I'd go. Take, take a, a picture of you in a giant cheese hat. And I'd wear the cheese hat. I'd do the tailgate. <laughs> I'd do the tailgate in the in the negative ten degree cold. I'd do the tailgate. I'd go to the game. But if that's your dedication, good for you. That or L.A. Rams. That or L.A. Rams game. In L.A. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, like, ever, I'm like, not going to lie. You said you want to do the Gator Chomp. I think I, you know, I hate LSU, but, you know, singing Neck in Death Valley. Have you, you've heard Neck, right? I uh, might have. I don't know if when I have, actually. To, to suck that tiger. Ah, you know, uh, see. You that? Just I, I, I think that would be funny. Like just to be at LSU and just yell at some people as they for sure. walk into the locker room. For sure. Again, Brian Denny Stadium, Dixieland delight. It's a classic. Just putting up, putting that out there. You know, you like the cold weather. I'll be, you know, in Tuscaloosa. Right. I know. I know. You're a, you're a, you're a southerner, taking the heat. Okay. No, I get it. So no, let's let's switch things over to, um, just kind of where college football is going to go. So, sure. Um, I know the SEC officials are going to make a key decision next week about where they're going to go with this. Um, they're going to vote whether or not to open athletic facilities in June. Right. So that's going to be huge. I mean, it's like no college football people from old row and barstool sports are just going to like shrivel and right just cry, like cry into a ball like but again, i get i think america's gonna, i think america's going to cry into a ball actually and then all of the cal state schools said you know we're not having classes in the fall 
Cal, so yeah, Cal that... U. Cal U just said we're not having, they're not having class in the fall. Um, well, Cal, nobody's going to miss Cal U in football. True, but that's like an entire conference. That's like all of Pac-12 and like Mountain West. Like, I know no one cares about them because, you know, they're whatever. Everyone yeah, cares about yeah. Big Ten, Big 12. Big Ten, SEC. Big 12, Pac-12, SEC. But that's still, that's still like a loss. Like, you can't just like. It's a loss, but um, I'll, I'll just give my opinion on this. Um, I, I think at this point we're, we're looking on, what's this now, already one, already looking at two months, three months nearly. Oh, no, no, this has been, been three months. Three months. Mm-hmm. At this point, we have, well, if you look, the – New cases per day is going down. I'm just just my opinion on the whole thing when it comes and it's I'm gonna relate it back to college football. New cases per day are going down, but the one common denominator with everything you see is it's affecting the elderly the most. In my opinion, I, I and, and yeah, it's probably not a popular one, but I wouldn't. I think that there should one there should be sports right now and people should be allowed to sit there if you don't feel comfortable going to a game that's your choice yeah honestly right now if if the Steelers were to play tomorrow or the Penguins were to play tomorrow and they were selling tickets I would buy a ticket I don't care if I had two people to the right and left of me I don't care if so many people I don't care if there was 60,000 people in the stadium if you're if you have an underlying condition or if you're elderly if you're older than 65 then yeah, I would probably advise that you stay home and don't go to large gatherings and don't go to like different entertainment venues where there'd be a lot of people. But people that are people that aren't uh, people that aren't um, in more danger, people that aren't people that don't have underlying conditions, people that aren't elderly, people that aren't high risk. I mean, it's time to get back to living our lives. Not only getting putting money, not only for like parents putting money, putting food on the table. But it's time to get back to our lives because this we can't do this forever. This is no quality of life. And people, I, I remember when this, you know, first started happening, I think it was like Vanessa Hudgens went on Instagram live and she's like, is it sad? Yes. But I think in this case, death is somewhat inevitable. And she got absolutely slammed for saying that. And now, like, I mean, it is two months later. I'm like, people don't want to talk about real life and you know what this is in real life this comes down to like you know yeah people hate to hear this some survival of the fittest stuff like people are gonna have to get this become immune like otherwise like we can't keep on doing this this can't continue for many reasons and i i I can't stand when people there's only people say there's only death on one part of the equation why don't we talk about the well why don't we talk about people are gonna People are going to die of homelessness. People are going to die of suicides, domestic abuse, uh, overdose. People that, like, they lost all their dignity, so they turn to drugs. Like, as I said, they lost all their dignity from their job. They don't have it. They don't see light at the end of the tunnel. So it's drugs. It's suicide. It's alcohol. They're hitting the bottle. Domestic abuse, child abuse. This is, It's a problem. And honestly, some and, – and, and I'm not saying Dave Portnoy is like – this remarkable character, but I just watched that video. He hits the nail on the like, head. Yes, like the, the, you were the mod- exactly right. He was one million percent right. People worked, people worked their asses off for five, ten, twenty years, 
to build their business, and now that now they just have to start over. Get out. That, that's not fair. And people are gonna say, well, well, people are gonna say, yeah, well, starting over is better than people dying. There's like a 98% recovery rate. Like 0.04% of the population has gotten this. And you know, like, you know, it makes me sad to think about. Like, you're telling me I can't go back to public school come September? The chance of someone our age getting it is slim to none. The chance of our of our if a kid does get it, the chance of a kid dying our age from it. Slim to none. Almost zero. And, and let's take this back to sports for a second. Like, you know, people have already lost so much. Like, you know, I don't know. It's like, yeah, whatever. It's just sports. But, like, no. To some kids, like, that's that's what they invest their lives in. I know so many people, and they're like, my parents, you know, saw me as an investment. They invested all of this stuff so I could be the best at the sport that I play. Right. And now you're telling me I'm not going to have a junior season. I'm not going to have a senior season. So my last chance to prove myself to whoever is watching me play is gone. Like Pretty much. You know, like junior season is huge for kids who haven't, you know, heard anything yet. Like what are, you know, the juniors going to do, you know, in the fall when it's football season and they can't play like. Right. That's, no, that there goes their recruitment that's year. That's horrible. But the p- other problem is, is like people are saying, "Oh, there's it's sports. They, they're millionaires." That's not true. That's not entire. The the actual athletes. People are saying, "Oh, they, these athletes, they're millionaires. They get paid stupid money. They could go without it." That's not true. They can't go without it. And it's not. Or I maybe they, they can go without it. But that's literally one percent of the problem. There, my aunt works at PPG Paints Arena. She works at one of the restaurants. She is just an average person like me and you. She's not an athlete, mm-hmm. and it's a seasonal job, and that's how she – that's what she does to put money on the table, f- food on the plate, clothes on her family's back. And she can't do that because because everybody thinks that athletes are the only reason sports shouldn't come back because they can make mm-hmm. it. Well, think of it this way. It's a domino effect. Sports are being played. There's a game at PPG. The Penguins are on. Everybody comes into the stadium, and everybody goes to restaurants and bars around Pittsburgh, and everybody goes to each other's houses and orders a pizza. Parks their car. like it's the Parks their things, car. It's, it's little things, and everyone's like, no, the athletes won't make it. That's literally 1% of the equation. You don't get it. It's the industry. It. You don't get it. It literally, when sports are being played, money that's, when the Penguins play and they sell out a stadium, the revenue being brought into the city of Pittsburgh and the different businesses in Pittsburgh from people parking, people ordering food and like ordering food and, and drinks uh, when going to each other's houses, people packing restaurants, people buying merchandise in the stadium and at stadiums mm-hmm. around them or, or at uh, venues like Dick's Sporting Goods around them. That's there. People, re- people that have jobs within different organizations that's that's what they rely on and as i said it goes back to if you're everybody needs to be given a choice america's the land of the free everybody needs to be given a choice if if um if i was told like um if i was told i wouldn't have my senior year i would just take my chance with corona i'd rather take my chance with corona but at least give me the oh, as, as Fortnite said, just give me just give me the choice at least Give everybody the choice. If, they, if you don't feel safe 
Do you think you're going to die if you don't feel safe and you think you're going to get sick and you think you're going to die? Stay home. Nothing's stopping yeah, you. Yeah, that's, that's your but like, people, independent people, decision. People, one, they need to get back to, their, back to their jobs to provide for their families. But also people need to just resume their livelihood. You can't just say, hey, we're sorry you were born during the coronavirus. We're just going to have to throw your life away and you got to live inside your house for the next 50, 60 years. You can't just do that. You can't just say, yeah. you're, we're sorry you were born during this era. You, everybody has to get back to their life. And, you, they, and, and, that starts with wanna... the, and that starts with the people up top giving everybody a choice. If you want it, we're going to bring everything back to normal right now. If you don't feel safe, there's nothing wrong. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Stay home. Stay inside. Stay calm. Stay safe. But if you don't, but if you, but if you, it's about taking risk. It's about taking risk. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Props. I want to give props to these big schools that are coming out and saying, you know what, we're going to have classes in, on campus in the fall. You know what, we're, we are committed to making sure we're playing a season. I know uh, South Carolina, Missouri, Bama, a bunch of these schools are coming out and they're saying, we're going to have in-campus class, on-campus classes. And, you know, what, we are very optimistic that we are going to have a football season, whether people are there or not, whatever. Right. And and I think it's important for, you know, these big schools to do that because people follow. Right. Tell me, tell me, you know, no one can tell me that this, you know, is false. If we got Penn State and Ohio State and like all these big state schools who have, you know, 40,000 undergrad students to say, we are going to go back to school in the fall. Everything's going to be back to normal. Rush your frats and your sororities. Go to tailgates. Um, you know, go to your block parties. You know, bars are open. I think if people say that, then I think these other schools are going to be a little bit more inclined to maybe do the same thing. California, they're a different breed because they're all kind of like hippy-dippy and really smart. So good for you. But for everyone else who wants to get on with their lives and, like, you know, can't do that, I think – you know, some big people need to come out and make some big statements about what they're going to do, because we need someone who is very decisive to make this decision. Because you know what? It, it, is, it is coming around June. Right. And people got to start getting ready. Like, you know, I'm not even going to college in the fall, but I would sure like to know if my sister will be going to college in the fall. Like, it's a decision that people have to make soon. So I think there has to be some big statements about this. Right. Th- that's the other thing that makes me upset. What has been the motto of this lockdown? Flatten the curve. Flatten the curve. Flatten the curve. We've done that. Look at all the models. Look at all the statistics. We flatten the curve. The curve is going down. John Hopkins, the the basically the number one source, is showing that we're on. We are on the biggest decrease in new cases per day. It has so been consistently going down. We, the hospitals don't overwhelm the hospitals. Hopkins. You go. And um. My uncle works at John Hopkins, and we called him the other day, and we're just like, oh, you know, want to check up? Because he has, you know, he's in a tough position right now. Of course. And he's telling us, he's like, you know, we've done so much. We've cleared out these wings of hospitals. We've, he, they, I think they literally flipped an con- entire convention center into, you know, a place where they can take in these patients and get them tested and get them treated. And they've been waiting for this surge of patients, and they just haven't seen it. Right. Like, it's, it's you know, regardless if it's going to come back or not, it's over. Like, I, I, it, it just needs to be over. Right. No, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, the, one, the one part about it, look at UPMC. 
2% of their beds are being used for COVID-19 patients. They're literally going back to normal. They're like, the one doctor's like, this is, this is way blown out of proportion. We're going back to normal. We're, we're, allowing, we're doing elective surgeries again. They're, the, the, the motto of this lockdown was flatten the curve, flatten the curve, flatten the curve. We flatten the curve. We flatten the curve. Uh, new cases are going down every single day. It's going down consistently. It's gone down a lot in the last two months. We flatten the curve. The other part of it was don't overwhelm the hospitals. No hospital is overwhelmed. Why do we see thousands of cars in line at a food bank, but not thousands of cars in line at a testing thing, at a testing station? The hospitals aren't overrun. No hospitals are overrun. So, and now they're going to they're gonna move the goalposts and say, now it's fine to cure. California's saying we're not opening the city until we find a cure. Who says we're getting a cure? We're not getting a cure. Who's, maybe we are, maybe we're not. Who said we're getting a cure? Nobody. Mm-hmm. We don't have a cure for cancer. We don't have a cure for AIDS. We don't have a cure for the flu. We don't have a cure for heart disease. We don't, we don't have a cure for many, many yeah. things. And we still, and, and I, I can't stand when people say, or when people up top say, I'm, I'm not opening up because I don't want to put my people in danger. Every day before this, people were in danger. Every day yeah. when you leave your house, you're in danger. You could, get, you could get killed. You could die in a car accident. You could die of cancer. You could die of many different things. It's, a, it's about risk. It's about people getting back to their lives. This can't, yeah. ha- this can't go on forever. You can't just, as I said, you can't just say, we're sorry that you were born during this time period. You don't get to have a life. Oops. No, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more, honestly. But you can't just and, move the goalposts like that. You can't just say, yeah. we all mentally prepared to flatten the curve. We did that. We're past that. We're ready to get back to normal in the next couple months. Like, I want, like, everything back to normal end of summer. Like, you can't just, you can't just, as Portnoy says, you can't, you can't say we're, this is a six-hour flight. I'm on a six-hour flight to Cali. And then five and a half hours in, it's like, sorry, guys, ten more hours. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't move the yeah. goalposts like that. It's only going to frustrate the people more. Agreed. And I'm just like, at this point, I have literally no emotion to this because sorry, everyone who's sensitive, I'm hanging out with people, you know, I have traveled a little bit. Like, I'm just like this. You're doing great. You're living your life because you're not afraid. And there's nothing wrong with being afraid. No, not at all. There's nothing wrong with being afraid. And there's nothing wrong with taking precautions. Like if you're, as I said, if you're vulnerable, there's nothing wrong with being afraid. There's nothing wrong with staying home. There's nothing wrong with taking precautions and staying away from things that could get you sick. But for people like you and I, and which is like, a, like over the majority of the population that are healthy people, people that don't have underlying conditions, people that aren't elderly, it's t- like you, you're doing exactly what you should be doing, living yeah, your life, say, like, seeing your friends, you know, doing what you there's can. A difference, there's a difference between like, you know, just going out. But I'm like, I wouldn't consider myself arrogant about the situation i don't think i'm you know i'm not selfish obviously i'm yeah i'm wearing my mask i'm washing my hands i'm trying not to get too close to people like i'm not shaking hands i'm not giving hugs i'm doing what i think is very appropriate for me and again that is not arrogance i think you know i'm doing what people are telling you know i'm I'm listening to my mommy when she says you know wash your hands you know you you know, like, I don't think it's arrogance. I think at this point, people are over it. And I'm not surprised. So I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I think we just need to get back to normal here in terms of everything. Because otherwise, it, it will, it's never going to 
get the same. So frustration, yes, annoyed, 100%. Honestly, kind of makes me sad to think about, like, people are really this worked up in this. Yeah. So. I know. Um, where we go from here. I don't even know what to talk about after this episode. <laughs> right? Oh, well, here's the thing. Well, we, I guess we got that decision next. We got the, you said you got the decision from the SEC next week? Mm-hmm. I guess that's yeah, next episode. NCAA, um, you know, something about, did they, did they say that athletes are getting paid? Like, they just they they uh to yeah that's um their name and stuff? they can get they can be paid from third party endorsements which means uh video games uh sneaker deals shoes different different stuff like that. Mhm. So um that will come next week. We will talk about what the SEC uh, SEC has decided to vote on, and we will talk about kind of this whole debate revolve around should college athletes get paid. So, I. That will be coming up next. All right. Great uh, great episode today. A lot of good stuff, good topics. Keith got a little heated. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I got heated. Of course I'm going to get heated. I'm tired of being on house arrest. I know. I don't blame you. <laughs> I mean, that's what this is. So, yeah, brought out the brought out some good good opinions, um, multiple topics. Again, just great opinions episode. here, people. Great episode <laughs> all, for all zero of our, our viewers. Uh, all, <laughs> That's right. Or actually, no, all two of them. I'm going to assume Timmy and my mother. Oh, good for her. Yeah, Love her. all two of them. Well, this, this was a solid episode, and, um, you know, this will be uh, uploaded um, in about two days here. So this is good stuff. Great stuff. All, all right. right. Take care, Macy.